Into the word with G right here on ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 mobile app. You could have been anywhere in the airwaves, but you're with me, and I appreciate that. What's up? Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Final hour of the program right here on Acadiana's Best Sports Leader for Acadiana's Best Sports Fans, ESPN 1420. Don't forget our ESPN 1420 mobile app being sponsored by Mandez's Seafood Bar and Grill down on Ducey Road. Listen live player via the stream being brought to you by Michael's Men's Club, Fine Food, and Beautiful Women. And as we've been talking about all afternoon long, it is time for football. We saw college football opening up this past weekend. We've got NFL action coming your way on Thursday, about two and a half days away. Well, at this point, maybe like maybe like two days away. It's it's very exciting. Very exciting. We're starting the week a little bit later here on a Tuesday, obviously, because Monday, we, we, we weren't here. We, we had the day off because of Labor Day. Hope you had a good Labor Day as well, whether it be the weekend or on Monday, whenever you got a chance to enjoy it, hopefully you did. We got football. We got NFL football coming your way on Thursday. And with the start of NFL football, you know what that means. It's time to continue to talk some fantasy football. And we've got live action. Most of your drafts have already happened at this point. We're going to talk about some rankings. We're going to talk about some favorable week one matchups. And here to do it with me, as he always is, every single week is the guru himself, Spencer Urkid. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Lounge. How are you, my friend? Oh, I'm doing great, Greg. I'm doing great because, like you said, live action is returning this week. Oh, my goodness. I'm excited, man. It's going to be like I'm going to be like a kid on Christmas morning. <laughs> Candy candy store for sure. For sure. If you want to join the lounge today, hit us up 337-269-1077. Again, 337-269-1077. We are going to be taking roster questions, draft questions, week one matchup questions. Although going into week one, Spencer, it doesn't feel like you should have many questions. It should just be like, look, start your studs and let's roll. Correct, definitely, especially for your running backs and receiver spots. But I'm in a lot of leagues where my flex spot is very Oh, man, it's so tough. Like, flex spots in a lot of leagues for me are, are up in the air right now, trying to make sure I make those right calls. And I've got my initial week one rankings ready to go right here for y'all, so we can go over those if you'd like, kind of dive into each position and see who are the, the players I'm like. And I went over the schedule to see how the matchups were looking for week one to see what what guys have favorable matchups, which ones don't, and which ones are worth starting for this week. And that's the difficult thing about week one is that we can kind of, we can use last year to sort of project this year, 
but there's so much turnover year to year and, you know, injuries had happened and, you know, guys switching teams and draft picks and whatnot. And teams just change sometimes so much year to year, Spence, that we don't know exactly what the matchups are really going to look like. I mean, we can guess and we can make the best guess possible, but when when it comes to a week one matchup, we haven't seen any, any of these teams, especially no preseason. We yeah, don't know what man. to expect. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, 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 it's all it's tough, especially for those flex spots. Of course, you start your studs. That's that's the no-brainer thing. You don't want to get cute and be like, oh, well, I got, uh, I'm trying to think of so like the Raiders and Panthers playing each other, both bad defenses on paper, so good matchup. Like I, Brian Edwards, for example, I'm not going to start Brian Edwards over a proven stud like Jarvis Landry. I mean, Edwards, yeah, he's getting a lot of camp hype, but we don't know yet. It's still too many unknowns to make a, a move that bold in week one. Yeah, exactly. And you got to figure out your select spots and, and you got to do what you have to do. And you're looking at the matchups. And like I mentioned, Texans, Chiefs, week one. And, and we'll kind of go matchup by matchup and talk about it uh, on a, on a you know, on an elementary basis. And then Spencer will give us his, his week one rankings as well. And we'll kind of discuss those. But before we get into anything, Spence, want to kick it off with a phone call? Sure thing. And our man Josh Thibodeau, who is always, always a big fantasy football player and um caller to this show is joining us here on the lounge what's up man welcome in man so number one you remember how y'all were hating on my running backs how they suck because they do you know the whole you know on my team i put my team in uh they have this thing i don't know if y'all ever used it but the fantasy football ball guys or whatever you could put your whole league in the team in there and you can uh you know it'll rate your team and all the teams you drafted with and i sent you a text message with my starters and you were like, you weren't too sure about my running backs yet Oh, again. I loved everything else except for the running backs, yes. Yes. So it, it gave me an A, and it gave me the, the uh, second, uh, sorry, the third best, no, yeah, third best draft out of 12. So my running backs, I'm starting this week in that league are Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard. But it, you got to remember, it's a two-flex league, three IDPs, a kicker, two receivers, a tight end, and 20 man rosters so it's like super deep teams but the reason why i was calling was i had a question for you guys yes what do you would got? you start would you start kyler murray against san francisco or danny dimes against the Giants? i'm sorry the uh steelers and would you start emmanuel sanders versus the bucks in your flex or sterling shepherd against the steelers in your flex Hmm. Spencer, I have an idea of where I would go. Where would you go on the first one, Murray or Dimes? Oh, I know where I'm going. Yeah, definitely Murray, man. Definitely Murray. I'm I'm scared for. I'm a big Danny Dimes fan, but I'm scared that that paper bet might get off to a bad start for me because the Pittsburgh defense, I feel like, is the best in the league right now. I I take them over to 49ers, who Kyler's facing. So because of that, I, and I like Kyler better than Dimes anyway. So, I mean, and I feel like he actually has a slightly better matchup. So definitely Kyler, man. That's a no-brainer, I feel like. If you're that high on the Steelers, then yes, absolutely you're going Kyler. Even though the 49ers have themselves a good defense as well, I understand where the question is coming from, Josh. But if you had Danny Dimes against maybe like uh, Washington or something like that, then even the Washington pass rush, I would I would maybe lean Danny Dimes in that situation but it's against uh the Steelers I'm, I'm definitely gonna go with uh, Kyler Murray as well and on the other one I'm kind of in the same boat 
I'll take Emmanuel Sanders over Sterling Shepard, who, again, is going up against the Steelers' really good secondary. Agreed. Okay. Well, then one, one more for you, and I can see why I messed up. That was the wrong Kyler Murray. Spencer talked me into drafting him in almost every league. So, uh, <laughs> nice. In, nice. In, a, in, a, in another league, I have Josh Allen against the Jets and Kyler Murray versus the 49ers. That's the one I wanted to know. That's the one that was up in the air. I can't mm. make a decision on that one. That's tough. That one is a little difficult. I, I actually might lean Josh Allen in that situation because I don't think the Jets' defense is any kind of good, especially without Jamal Adams. Yeah, that's that's tough. I think I'd still have to go give a slight edge to Kyler Murray because I feel like that Bills-Jets game will probably end up a blowout, so they'll probably kind of call off the dogs, I would think. And I think that 49ers-Cardinals game will be fairly high scoring. Like, I think... You do. I think Kyler's going to do well in that. Yeah, I don't think that's going to be a You don't really think the 49ers have a good defense? Struggle. I, they, they do, but they're vulnerable, especially against the pass. Where? How? Their secondary is not who? that great. Really? Their Richard pass Sherman rush is, is incredible. Good. That's what I'm saying. Like, but Kyler might not be able to have much time vulnerable. to throw. Where? Tell me where. I don't really know much about their secondary. Then how, secondary. Can, you tell the sec- how can you tell me the secondary is vulnerable? Because their pass rush is, is elite. They've got the Bosa boy and all kind of stuff on their defensive line. But outside of Sherman, their secondary scares me. So I think Kyler will do all right. And that's the reason why And that's the reason why I'm thinking about starting Kyler because every time I think of giving San Francisco the benefit of the doubt on defense, I keep remembering when the Saints hung like right, right. in a game of that defense. Yes. Passing defense picked is not them the apart. Best. Yep. Yeah. So th- there's that. But at the same time, you know, I saw Miko Hardman make Richard Sherman look pedestrian. But that's, that's neither here nor there. That was my question for you guys. I really, really appreciate it. And uh, good luck to everybody. Oh, and one more question. If you had... <laughs> A guy on your bench that you just took a shot on, like a random guy like Paris Campbell, like a receiver, because you're bit, it's like, you know, long benches. And you had a guy like Ozigbo from Jacksonville on the free agent market, and then the other guy, the undrafted rookie, that's supposedly number one on the depth chart. Would you get rid of that receiver who's just kind of shot in the dark for a running back depth, or would you just kind of stay pat and avoid that altogether or not? I didn't really hear the end of that question. Yeah, he had said like the basically pick up one of the Jacksonville running backs he for has, Paris Campbell. He has Divine Zigbo. Oh, he has Divine Zigbo. At least on the team he showed me. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I'd probably go with the Robinson guy if he's the number one. I mean, I don't know how that backfield's going to shake out. It's probably not going to leave much for Zigbo because Chris Thompson's there. So if it's probably going to be the Robinson guy and. Chris Thompson, I think so. I'd probably just go ahead and cut Ozigbo for Robinson and hope that they're not lying as far as the depth chart. But I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't fret about that too much. That's just that's a I'm sure a bench spot. I mean, but yeah, I, w- I would do that just to tweak it. But I I would uh, I would definitely keep Paris Campbell though. He's one of my deep sleepers. I definitely wouldn't cut him in favor of one of those Jacksonville clowns. <laughs> I do like Chris Thompson this year just because. I think Jacksonville is going to be down a lot this year and Chris Thompson is going to get a lot of run. Jay Gruden has a comfortability factor with him because he was with him in Washington. I think he's going to play a lot. Uh, I think we can see a lot of Gardner Minshew dump offs to Chris Thompson uh, in, in blowouts this year as they try to climb their way back. But I did want to bring this up to you because I went back and looked and I, I wasn't really listening Josh to your last question there because I wanted to 
bring up some cold hard facts about the 49ers defense. Do you know how many times they allowed more than 26 points in a game last year? Probably only a handful of times. Probably I'm going to say, yeah, I was going to say two or three. Twice. That's it. I think they're due for regression. I don't think they're going to be that good this year. Where did they regress? They lost one of their good D linemen. I mean, they replaced him they with the Javon Kinlaw, the uh, the one that went to the Colts. Uh, he's slipping my mind right now. Okay. The uh, damn, that's aggravating me. I can't think <laughs> of him because he's really good. Yeah, I'm, I know who you're talking about. But um, but yeah, they they did replace him with Javon Kinlaw. Right. So their D line is still ferocious. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm a huge Kyler believer. Like I don't think that many quarterbacks are gonna do that good against him. But I think Kyler's a different breed. That's why I'm would still feel comfortable starting him even against that ferocious front because I feel like he's he's such a he's so mobile that he'll be able to overcome that freaking insane pass rush where like a typical pocket guy would just be kind of like just oh yeah I wouldn't feel comfortable but Kyler he's just he's an animal I, I would still start him yeah we'll uh we'll see what happens we'll have to check back on that after week one see if Josh Allen or Kyler Murray had uh had better games no I like Kyler like you do as well but just Taking the other side of things, you know, Josh Allen might have a pretty good matchup against the Jets, and but but you're right, there there could be that blowout factor there, and uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, let's go back to the phone, phone lines three three seven two six nine ten seventy seven. Thanks for holding on. What's up? Yeah, Mr. Greg, I agree with you hundred percent. Though that secondary is not that great, and uh, Richard Sherman is not really. I mean, you know, at this stage of his career, he can't cover nobody, man. It's all it's all at the line of scrimmage. Grab and technique at the line of scrimmage. Once you get past him at the line, he's toast. Well, I'll, I'll give you this. Toast. He's not as good as he was when he was okay. with uh, the Legion of Boom, but he has still had an 89 coverage grade or average uh, overall grade last year on PFF. So he's still one of the elite yeah. quarterbacks yeah. in the Listen National Football Guru. League. I'd take New Hopkins <laughs> over him. Listen to what Guru told you. That's mostly because of the pass rush and stuff. But that pass rush ain't getting home. Trust me, he ain't gonna cover nobody. That's something that I like. I like Richard Sherman. Front four or bust. That front four ain't getting to you. You can't throw the ball on them. So I mean, it it showed at times last year. But you know, like you said, the pass rush is ferocious. But other than that, yeah, you could throw the ball on them. But man, are y'all upset about? I some people like upset about. You know, clowning because the Saints didn't actually get clowning stuff and the deal they were trying to pull off, and he got vetoed by the crooked NFL. What y'all think about that? Y'all ticked off about that also? Greg, I know you don't care. I know you're a Packer <laughs> fan, but I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm just asking. I mean, you're the same yeah, thing. Yeah, Go ahead. Yeah, I'll answer it. I'm honestly not that ticked off because pass rush is wasn't a huge position of need. Granted, I wish we'd have gotten him, and it is kind of BS that the league had was kind of stepping in there. It sounded like, but. I honestly like. I would have I mean, been trying really to basically mad. buy a draft pick. They were gonna have a team buy a draft pick. Like I would have trade. Yeah. I would have been really mad if he'd have been like, for example, a third cornerback. Because I feel like that's the Saints' Achilles heel is having like a some secondary depth. It'd have been like a if Clowney was a good cornerback, then I'd be really mad. But because we don't, we have a surplus of defensive lines, so I'm a. Uh, I'm not too worried. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not fretting. Be the of our team this year. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Especially if Davenport pans out like we're thinking. So I mean, yeah, if yeah, Davenport yeah. is what they say he is, we won't miss Clowney at all. Yeah, I think we can use one more linebacker to kind of step up and kind of you know do some big things on, on, on that part of the defense. I mean, but they, they I think our defense Anthony should Chick, be pretty though. solid though. Yeah, yeah. And the, the, Zach Bond should step up the rookie. He's listed as yeah, second Vaughan. on the depth chart, but he should start alongside Anzalone and 
the Mario Davis. They have, they have Ken Nellis in there man. right now. Yeah, he ain't gonna, I don't think he's going to last long. <laughs> I think Vaughn will step in. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, well he's still learning as a rookie, is, you know, in a weird, weird year with not any training camp or mini camp or anything like that, OTAs. Right, yeah, if we'd be, had a normal offseason, he would probably. I'm sure he would have been the starter from yeah. right, right off the jump street. Yeah, today is only Tuesday, so we count down. Tomorrow's Wednesday, then Thursday, then Friday, and then Saturday. And all of a sudden, come Sunday afternoon, we'll be get a chance to put some foot deep in Tom Brady's anal. Y'all have a good one. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yes, yes. Well, uh, hopefully the, the Saints can do that. Hopefully Marcus Davenport will deliver the foot, and hopefully it'll be uh, – uh, Cam Jordan as well. A lot of foot up the, uh, up. what do you say, the anal? <laughs> yeah. The analog stick? Is that what he was talking about? I don't know. If it, You know, in terms of going back to Clowney just quickly, if if they were going to go after somebody, say this was Logan Ryan, who was a free agent as well for a while before signing with the Giants, like you said, I've always been of that same mindset that, look, you could use a number, another solid number three cornerback because I don't know how much I trust P.J. Williams or Patrick Robinson. Yeah, that's sus, man. <laughs> They're very, they make me very nervous. Like, if there's, like, for example, the Cardinals and Air Raid team comes in and they have, with three receivers, like, that's, that's going to be tough. I mean, I they, we could be vulnerable. As, as optimistic as I am about the Saints, I don't know why they didn't address that, man. It's like, come on. Like, to me, that was, like, the number one need heading into this offseason. Like, oh, man. I, I hope, hopefully they know what they're doing. Hopefully one of those PJ or P-Rob will step up and be a lot better than I'm thinking. But I'm where's nervous Ken, about that. Where's Ken Crowley when we need him? Right. <laughs> From back in 2017. Yeah, he, he was good one for a little while he didn't last unfortunately no, just that just that one year yeah just that one year all right we'll step aside we'll take a break when we come back we will get into guru's rankings we'll break down week number one right here on the word with g in the fantasy football lounge greg Lawrence, spencer urkit coming right back after this If only you could see what goes on behind the scenes. Well, you might be able to, as uh, we've got a new um, a new thing going on here where we're going to be putting the Fantasy Football Lounge in video form to a certain extent with our good friend Dustin Webb, who's going to be help us, helping us out with that. And uh, we'll look forward to that as a new element this year for the Fantasy Football Lounge. Welcome back uh, here on the lounge. Joining us here on a Tuesday. Hopefully you're having a good day and you can... Um, you're ready to rock and roll for week one. I know Spencer and I are. I, I've got – how many drafts you have left? None. I'm done. I'm you're 12 done for with the 12. Drafts. Yes, done with my drafts. All right. Finally. Finished them, finished them up on Sunday. 
And, whew, man, that a near disaster happened. Well, actually, it did have a disaster happen in that draft, but luckily I was able to salvage a trade the day afterwards, so. That's right. Whew. Thank That's goodness. <laughs> yeah. Thank goodness. What did you have? A, you had a an auto-draft situation, Yes, yeah, an on, unfortunate auto-draft situation. It was a super flex league where I started off with Mahomes, and then all, I come around the second round, and I'm like, man, what running back do I take? I don't really like any of these because all my guys that I like to take as my first running back had been gone. So I was kicking myself for taking Mahomes. And then auto draft gives me yet another quarterback in Dak Prescott. So I was. But at just least like, it was a super flex league. Yeah, so at least I could start him, you know. So but then I, I parlayed a trade after traded Mahomes. I didn't want to really give him up. I was like, man, I I gotta upgrade my running backs. Traded Mahomes and Todd Gurley for Austin Eckler and my man Kyler Murray. So yeah. Had to get Kyler and Eckler. Those are like Those are two, two guys. Play- yeah, two players I really like this year. Have them both in the Beat Billy League and multiple other leagues. So, yeah, I'm glad I was able to pull that off. I figured someone might bite on Mahomes and Gurley because those are both big names. And they're in good offenses, so who knows? Maybe I'll regret it, but I don't think I will. I'm, I'm a believer in Kyler and Eckler. And we'll see what happens. We'll see what comes of it. I've got two drafts left, and they're both tomorrow. Excited about that. Excited to get my last two drafts. I got, I'm got. i in eight leagues this year. Oh, oh you're trying to make give me a run for my I'm money. <laughs> you, got, I, you got 12, you said, right? Right. Dustin, how many are you in? Three, okay. All right. He'll, <laughs> he'll get to our level at some point. At some point. He'll uh, he'll get there. But, yeah, sometimes, you you know, you want to just kind of concentrate on the three. And I, I used to be my strategy as well. But over the last couple of years, I've kind of upped the ante a little bit, getting more and more involved in the fantasy football all right before we get to our rankings let's take a phone you want to take a quick phone call before we get to our rankings again let's do it well it, again it's it's josh he's he's back with us now <laughs> and he wants he wants more answers on some things josh what's up man you know there's the one question i forgot to ask and i'm very disappointed in you i'm you disappointed and Spencer. there's another radio station which i won't name it but they host fantasy football leagues through their radio station and they have leagues with the radio station personalities and the people from the, the list that get to play with them and you know have fun talk some smack and, and play fantasy together why we don't have a league with spencer and and g playing against the listeners i think that would be a blast you failed us you want you, you want a, you want 13 leagues spencer <laughs> we can set this up right now Ooh, i'm just saying 13, i'm just okay. saying it would be a book it would be a blast if you had a league with the listeners. You wouldn't have to give nothing away. It would just be fun to have you guys hey, that I got, got in it. I got word with G merchandise I can give away. Yeah, get get Scott get Scott Prather in there. Get you know Stevie P probably drafting like guys who's ninety seven years old. It'd be a blast. <laughs> but anyway, guys, I'll hang up and listen. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks, Josh. That would be fun. Why haven't we thought of that? Yeah, that was, that was, I gotta give Josh credit. Good idea. And if I, I'd be open to it if we could get enough people. It's really last minute. But if if we can't get enough for this year, definitely something to to keep in mind for hey, next year. Hey, what's uh, what's three drafts in one night for tomorrow? Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know they're all going to be around the same time. One of them's my two hundred fifty dollars league. So like you know, no big deal. It's fine. <laughs> it is what it is. Maybe Dustin wants in. You want four? Yeah, he wants four. <laughs> right. We got we got four guys in automatic. I'm a tech Scott. I know Scott's got you know a bunch of he's got a bunch of uh, kids and and whatnot. So I don't know about him. Stevie P's got a couple of dogs, uh, and he's busy writing articles. I understand that. We'll we'll see what the guys say. 
Uh, maybe we'll ask the, uh, the Jay Walker. Maybe we'll ask the Birdman if he wants to get involved. Oh, yeah, the Birdman. Yeah, Norman Locke. Or yeah, anything. we'll ask Norm. Yeah, that's a great. Lane Johnson? Yeah. We'll get everybody involved. <laughs> Cody. Oh, my. Okay. <laughs> I'm, we're getting very. What about what about OG Saints fan? How do you feel about him? He'd probably play. OG, what do you say? You want You want in on this league or what? Yeah, I'm in. Oh, he's in. <laughs> Don't back out. I'm, no. only, I'm only in one league, the one with Kevin and the guru and stuff. So <laughs> I'm good for a second league. Yes, I love it. I love it. All right, what's on your mind, man? I was just wondering if y'all going to ever do the, uh, the ranking thing. We're trying, but people keep calling and interrupting <laughs> us. <laughs> All right. Well, you you want us to get to the rankings? And, but, uh. No, I'm good. I, I I know all I need to know. I've, I've, I'm around the guru enough. He yeah. kind of rubs off on me through osmosis. Hey, we'll <laughs> we'll see when this league comes available. I have uh, I'll have the guru reach out to you, give you the information. Thank you so much, OG Saints fan. Without further ado, Spencer, um, do I do I have the sounder in here? Drum roll, please. Ranking time. We are going with running backs first because we've already talked a lot about quarterbacks. Let's cue up a little music, shall we? Talk to me about your running back rankings, and I'm going to tell you where I have a problem with them. Go ahead. All right. You want a rapid fire? Let's do rapid fire top 12. Top 12. Right off the bat, Aaron Rodgers is number. I'm with it. Let's go. <laughs> All right. So number one, Christian McCaffrey. Number two, Alvin Terrible. Kamara. Number Awful. three, Saquon Barkley. Number four, the Zeke worst. Elliott. Number five, Dalvin Cook. Number six, Josh Jacobs. Number seven, Austin Eckler. Number eight, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Number nine, Derrick Henry. Number 10, Miles Sanders. Number 11, Joe Mixon. Number 12, Nick Chubb. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Week one running back rankings. Week one. Okay. Okay. So you've got Miles Sanders ahead of Joe Mixon. Explain that one to me. It is a matchup thing. Miles goes against the Redskins, and I think they'll get a big lead, be able to run the ball. With Miles, I think he's going to have a huge week one. I'm not a huge fan of his current draft value in the first round, but for they got but him for this high week, up there. like for this week, I like him. Like honestly, like I, for if I have him in leagues, I hope he blows up this week and maybe I could trade him because like I think this week he'll do really well against the Washington football team. Whereas Mixon, Mixon goes against the stingy Chargers defense. I think he'll do fairly well. He's still a must start. But I don't know if he'll go off against them. It's a little. It's not not the best matchup. Same thing with Nick Chubb. He's going against Baltimore. So both of those, I'm not quite as high on as I normally am. Does it make you nervous that Kareem Hunt just signed an extension there? That he's going to take carries and playing time and snaps Ooh, yeah, away yeah, from he, Nick Chubb? He, he could. He especially on those third downs. Chubb for PPRs is gonna. It's gonna be tough for him to be an, a consistent RB one with Hunt there in PPR. But I think his touchdowns will go up this year, so overall he'll be he'll be solid. Okay, and uh, you have Run C, uh, not Run CMC. I meant C E H over Derrick Henry. Yes, a little bit surprised about that. Going up against the Broncos, who maybe don't have the best defense like they used to have back in their Super Bowl days, uh, and then you have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire over Derrick Henry, and they're going up against the Texans. Why Clyde Edwards-Hilaire over Derrick Henry? Oh yeah, these are also PPR rankings. I think I think Clyde's gonna have a huge debut against the Texans. Their their defense is not what it once was. So I think Clyde's gonna go off this week and catch a lot of passes out of the backfield. Henry, I think that game's gonna be kind of a low scoring defensive game. I still think he'll do fairly well because their offense runs through him, you know. But 
I mean, Denver's still solid. I, uh, I'm, I'm not projecting Henry to have a huge week one. So I'll, I prefer Ceh. Who would you for com- this week? Who would you compare Ceh to, in terms of a running back? I feel like he's just, he's a good blend of power and and receiving. Like he can do it all. I feel like he's got almost like the power of Mark Ingram in the receiving of Darren Sproles. Like he's just he's he's the perfect package. The player of a lot of people compare him to is Maurice Jones Drew, a guy that's like a short, stocky, powerful runner who can who has great hands too. So Yeah, and that's where I was kind of going. It seems like he could be like a Maurice Jones Drew or a combination of Jones Drew and um, Darren Sproles as well. Uh, he, he, I mean, he's 5'7", 210 pounds. He's not a big guy. Right. <laughs> but he's got a lot of heart. That's what Coach O said about him last year. So you like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire a lot this week and this season uh, going in, especially in week one against the Texans. How about we go top 15 with the wide receivers? All right. And um, let, let's not go super, super fast, rapid fire. Give them to me like, so if I have a problem with something, I can interject because you went like, boom, boom, oh, okay. boom, so boom, like, boom. And I couldn't understand who was where and what was happening. The guru just overloaded. Yeah, me I was like, second. I went rapid fire. But for this one, you want me to say like, uh, kind of say like a brief statement about each one? Sure. I'll be like, so like, for example, number one, Michael Thomas. I think that's going to be, it's a great matchup. Number two, Tyree Kill, stud, great matchup. Number three, Devontae Adams, obvious must start. Number four. Against a weak, not a weak, but a younger Viking secondary. Hopefully take advantage in Minnesota. No fans. Easier place to play. And maybe Kirk Cousins will have a nice time because he won't have everybody booing and hooting and hollering against him. Maybe he'll play better. Maybe so. But hopefully not. (laughs) Go ahead. Number four, Chris Godwin. That's going to be a shootout. Number five. Julio Jones, somewhat tough matchup, but you got to start him. Number six, DeAndre Hopkins. Nuke over Sherman, people. I'm telling y'all. Number seven, Mike Evans. Again, that's Saints Bucks. I think it's going to be a shootout. Number eight, DJ Moore. One of my guys in a great matchup against a suspect Raiders team. Number nine, Allen Robinson. Very consistent, good matchup. Number 10, Kenny Galladay. Kind of a tough matchup, but should still do well with Stafford. Number 11, Juju. Ben is back. Great Juju matchup against the Giants. Yep, yep. Number 12, Cooper Cup. Solid matchup. Should do well this week against Dallas. Number 13, Adam Thielen. I think he'll have a good week this week against your Packers. Really? Against our number one cornerback in Jair Alexander? I think not. <laughs> you think he's going to get shut down? Yeah. Okay. Contained. He's the only mm-hmm. one you got to worry about. Who else am I worrying about? Yeah, because they're am talking I worried about, about Youngster, Youngster, Justin just, Jefferson. Am I worried yeah. about Irv Smith? Am I worried about you Kyle Rudolph? I wouldn't be worried about that. Hell him. no. <laughs> Irv Smith, deep sleeper tied in, possibly. Number said, 14, <laughs> Calvin Ridley. I saw the opening, by the way. I saw the opening depth chart for the Packers, and Jay Sternberger is way back. So I'm not worried. I'm not. It's Mercedes Lewis, Robert Tunyon, and then Jay Sternberger is like third on the depth Yeah, chart. honestly, that's, I've kind of swapped those two. I feel a little yeah, better he's, about he's Irv felt, Smith. He's, he's falling down a bit. A little more now than Jay Sternberger because Minnesota loves 12 personnel. Mm-hmm. So, okay, uh, continue, so yeah, Calvin 14 Ridley. Ridley. I mean, Seahawks, they're a solid defense, but I mean, Ridley, I think, will do well. It should be a fairly high-scoring affair. And then number 15, 
A.J. Brown. It's not the best matchup, but he's so explosive. He but can score anytime guy. he touches the ball. That's your guy. I mean, so he's a big, pretty much matchup proof in my book. So, yeah, that's my Match- top 15. Wow, you're labeling him matchup proof already. In in, mo- in a 12-team league, yes. Wow. I start him against anybody. Matchup proof. What I, if- I don't see any week where he falls out of my top 24 wide receivers. And he's, I mean, this is a fairly tough matchup, I and mean, he's 15. But that's not a great passing offense. He's, he's efficient, though. Whenever he touches the ball, he can do something for it. I always go back to this. When they played the Saints last year, Saints locked him down, didn't catch a pass. He had a 60-yard rushing touchdown. Still got you 12 fantasy points. You think that, I mean, look, there's a little element of surprise to that. They weren't expecting that. New player, maybe a sophomore slump. I don't see it. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. It's it's He's certainly too possible. Explosive. He's too explosive. It's certainly possible. I mean, he only had just over a thousand yards last year. He did have a nice eight touchdowns, though. Yep, that's a where was Tyree Kill's sophomore slump? Magic. Uh, Tyree Kill is a different <laughs> animal in terms of speed. Uh, AJ Brown don't have that type of speed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not. But it just and he I, didn't I like burst his onto explosive the scene ability. Is what is my point? His, Look, his I like touch ability. Is ridiculous. I like AJ Brown. I like A.J. Brown. I'm just not as high on him as you are just yet. Give it to me again. Let me let me run it back. If you can run it back for me and you can show me some consistency and it wasn't just a boom, a flash in the pan, then I might start to be a little bit more of a believer. Yeah, well, I'm getting him now, you know, while his price is fairly low because if he blows up, then it's like then he's going to be like a first, second rounder. Exactly, exactly. So I'm getting or, him now in the Or fourth. what we can say is that – you know, you you were high on him after after year one. He comes out, sophomore slump. He falls back a little bit further next year, and then that's when I swoop in and I grab him <laughs> in the sixth. Oh, because he I burns like me. This. I don't want him. Exactly, and then take him. exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's what happened with what uh, Joe Mixon last year. You were down on Joe Mixon. What? No, you were oh. high on Joe Mixon. Yeah, I'm I was sorry. High on, high on Joe Mixon. High on Joe Mixon. I was high on. Chris. I was super high. I was probably. This way about Chris Godwin last year. I was super high on Chris Godwin. I was fine with having him as my WR2, and I was and that was good with me. You seem to be the same way with A.J. Brown. Yep, A.J. Brown and also Cortland Sutton, who I have in at number 16 in the ranks. He, he's one that you're more of a believer in. I like Cortland Sutton, although I don't own any Cortland Sutton shares. To be very yeah, that's disappointing. I own a Not lot yet. of shares of Not Sutton. Yet. I actually own, I think I own more Sutton shares than A.J. Brown. Wow. Because in all the industry leagues, like every like almost everyone else in the industry, it's like he's a love hate player. People either love AJ or hate him. So the people that love him take him in round three, and it's like that's a little too rich for my blood. Yeah. It's kind of like the Clyde thing. Like I love Ceh, but I don't own that many shares of him because lately he always goes in round one. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like I don't know if I can pull the trigger. Can't do it in round one. That's why I have him outside my top ten in, in, in running backs this year. He's in uh, my top ten. Gotta but... see, gotta see, gotta see it. All right, we'll step aside. We'll take a break. We'll come back. And we will be joined by a man who knows much about the Los Angeles Chargers as he will join us coming up in just a few minutes to preview a little bit about the Chargers skill position players. That's Jake Hefner of Chargers Brawl Podcast when we return right here on the Fantasy Football Lounge on ESPN 1420.
And we're back here on The Word with G. 49 past the hour of 5 o'clock. We're rolling until 6. Got a quick guest coming in joining us here for the final segment. Uh, you know, last last week we we had a our Colts guy on here, Spencer, and uh, it was one of the, you know, it was one of the skill position teams that I was like, you know, there's a lot of questions about. New quarterback, how's that offense going to react with, with T.Y. and Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack and Jack Doyle. Now I, I was thinking about it, and I was like, look, maybe we do, maybe we should look at the Chargers because they're another offense with a new quarterback in Tyrod Taylor. How is that going to affect Keenan Allen? How is that going to affect an Austin Eckler? No Melvin Gordon this year. How is that going to affect him? Justin Jackson, does he have a role? Or this new guy, Kelly, who's in the mix? Do you remember his first name? Josh Kelly. Josh yep. Kelly in the mix. Uh, Mike Williams, I know we, we talked a little bit about him. He's been a little bit banged up. Hunter Henry, a lot of different things to talk about with the Chargers. So I said, let me reach out to my guy, Jake Hefner of the Brawl Network, co-host of the Chargers Brawl podcast and a former columnist of Bolts from the Blue. My friend, you're doing a little something different than the last time we talked to uh, to, to you. How are you? I'm doing well, guys. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. No problem. Uh, I'll start us off, and I, I, I'll just ask you straight out of the gate, uh, what is what is what is Austin Eckler going to do this year? I know a lot of people are high on him fantasy-wise. Without Melvin Gordon, do you think this is going to be a, hey, look, Eckler, this is your role every down. You're the guy, pass catcher. Uh, running the football as well, or are they going to incorporate some of the elements with without Melvin Gordon there with Jackson or or Kelly like we were just talking about? Well, strictly from a fantasy standpoint for Eckler, I still think that people should believe in him as going to be the workhorse back of this unit. And like you mentioned, you got a couple names back there with Justin Jackson and now Joshua Kelly, who they drafted in the fourth round, who has had an extremely impressive training camp over the last month. But when you listen to Coach Lynn and how he talks up his running back unit, it really sounds like he's going to do whatever he can to incorporate all three into this backfield. So as impressive as Austin Eckler was and, you know, nearly nearly getting a thousand yards both in rushing and receiving last year, he really had his breakout season. While I expect him to be extremely productive in 2020, I don't expect him to reach those type of numbers that he did. But like you, like you said, this is going to be an extremely different uh, look of this Chargers offense for the fact that it's the first time that a, a quarterback not named Phillip Rivers is taking the helm in the last 14 years for this team. And so with Tyrod Taylor, who is uh, extremely efficient with protecting the football, which is what Anthony Lynn preaches the best about this team and what he wants to execute, of course, uh, I think it's going to be much more of a conservative attack, much more of a, a short game for the Chargers, not going so much downfield, having that type of efficiency, controlling the clock and running the ball. So while I think the running game is going to be uh, a strong part of what you're going to see from the Chargers offense, you may not see the same numbers as Austin Eckler produced in 2019. Gotcha, gotcha, man. I, uh, yeah, I own a lot of Eckler shares in fantasy this year, so I'm... <laughs> Same here. I go Same lie, here. a little nervous uh, from what you just said there. My question for you would be, his receptions total in specifically because I play in a lot of PPR leagues. He caught, I believe it was 92 balls last year. A lot of people mm -hmm. are saying with Phillip Rivers going that, oh, his, oh, his receptions are going to fall flat. But I don't really feel like that because with Tyrod, I think he's going to check down a lot and he'll get a good amount of receptions still. But, uh, but yeah, that's my question. Do you think his receptions stay about the same there in that 80 to 90 range or do you feel like they're going to drop to more like the 60, 70 range? 
I don't think it's going to be that much of a substantial drop, especially when it comes to the receptions. And Spencer, trust me, if if I was you, I wouldn't worry about having Austin Eckler in a lot of your fantasy teams. Um, <laughs> I just I just see his production just being scaled back just a little bit more because they really like what they've seen from Joshua Kelly. They've talked up Justin Jackson. It's just that you have such a versatile backfield of all three of these guys. While Eckler is your do-it-all back, Joshua Kelly and Justin Jackson, they do things well that are just total chains of pace from what Austin Eckler brings to the table. So you're going to see them wanting to confuse the defense in, give them a little bit more looks, have them stay honest. But in terms of receptions goes, with Tyrod Taylor and what I believe that Anthony Lynn is going to have, uh, the plan for this offense and make it much more of a shorter game. I, I think if you're thinking in terms of receptions for Eckler, it should still stay in, uh, in in that range of either what he was last year, or it just would take a very marginal drop. But I still think that Tyrod is going to see looks to Austin Eckler, especially in the passing game this year. No doubt about it. So basically what Jake is telling you, Spencer is to R E L A. Yes. Relax. Just relax. As awesome. my man Aaron <laughs> Rodgers says, just relax. I've got a lot of a stock in Austin Eckler as well. So, yes, I'm not I'm not so panicked. But, again, uh, Jake Hefner, our guest here on the program in the Fantasy Football Lounge, his first visit to the Fantasy Football Lounge hopefully won't be his last. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, what, what this is, what the quarterback change is going to do for guys like Keenan Allen and, and Hunter Henry and, and Mike Williams, the pass catchers out there. And what do they have behind Keenan Allen and Mike Williams? So started off with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams right now, the, the timetable for Mike Williams coming back to this team is a little bit unknown. It's fluctuated. He's a, he's a possible go for this Sunday against Cincinnati. Other projections have him out for the complete month of September. And it honestly could be either, or the chargers could, could uh, totally play it safe for the fact that they know that they have Hunter Henry as a weapon for Tyrod Taylor. And in addition to that, you go back to the two wide receivers that they drafted in this year's draft and Joe Reed out of Virginia and KJ Hill out of Ohio state. Also the depth charges came out for the Chargers today and Jalen Guyton is going to get the first crack at the wide receiver three position. So you're going to see a very different look of a Chargers offense than you did in 2019. But for Tyrod Taylor's standpoint, this is going to be the most weapons that he's ever had throughout his career. So I really think that Keenan Allen and Tyrod Taylor are going to be a, a massive hookup option as well as with Tyrod Taylor, or excuse me, uh, with Hunter Henry in, in the passing game goes. But don't be surprised how they're going to be using Joe Reed. He's going to start off this year as he is on the depth chart uh, as, the, uh, as the kick return specialist. I think that they're going to involve him a lot more as a gadget-type receiver or gadget-type player where he can be used as either a running back or a wide receiver in this offense. And eventually – People are going to see why KJ Hill was one of the most uh, was one of the best receivers in Ohio State history when he is finally installed uh, into this offense because he is going to be a great weapon. He's been hyped up so much; his hands are terrific. So if if the coaching staff can figure out a way to implement all these weapons and Tyrod Taylor can find them in the feet in the open field. This could be. This has the potential to be a very explosive offense. And they got KJ Hill in the seventh round this past year too. How did if he's that good? How did he fall all the way down there? You know, it was much of the it was much of the same reason that Keenan Allen fell when he when he was coming out in the draft when he fell all the way to the third. Not not only was it you know Keenan Allen had a little bit more 
injuries as it did. He wasn't able to participate in the combine this year, but the the speed of KJ Hill is what I believe really knocked him down and started getting, you know, taking people away from paying attention to him. But what we've learned, especially from Keenan Allen, is that speed is not everything in this game. It's your separation skills. It's your it's it's being that that route running technician. And KJ Hill can run the entire route tree. And so far, he has been turning heads in in training camp. And it was uh, I could tell you, Charger fans were very excited not only when he fell out of the way to the seventh round, but ultimately when the Chargers got him. So. Um, I always say, instead of instead, there's only one thing better than having one Keenan Allen on your team, hmm. and it's uh, and it's a rookie mini version of Keenan Allen, and I think that that is what KJ Hill has the potential to grow into. Interesting, for sure, man. One thing I always preach is a, as a fantasy analyst is try and find those those late gems, those deep sleepers, and so out of those the guys we just mentioned, talking about Joe Reed, KJ Hill, and. Jalen Guyton, which one of those do you feel has the highest ceiling? Out of, because when I look for deep sleepers, I try and find one. Are they young and also do they have a high ceiling? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that if you're looking in terms of explosive plays, we've talked about this on the podcast. In turn, we were comparing because it, it really is hard to break down when you look at the potential. If we were to just isolate Joe Reed and K.J. Hill, I think Joe Reed has the potential to be uh, the more explosive player out of the two. But if you're, especially if you're in PPR leagues and you're looking for overall volumes and targets, I think you're going to have much better potential with the type of game that KJ Hill is going to bring to the field. Again, uh, Jake Hefner, our guest last room one from me here, Jake, um, in terms of, of Tyrod, I mean, we know we, we've talked a lot about his weapons, but what about him from a fantasy perspective? How, how should fantasy players feel about getting a guy like Tyrod. I know in it probably 10, 12 men leagues, he's probably not going in drafts. He's probably going to be a waiver wire target, but what are you guys expecting out of Tyrod Taylor this year? Because like you mentioned back in Buffalo, he didn't have a whole lot of weapons, but this year he's got a lot of weapons. He's getting an opportunity to start on a pretty good team with a good defense as well. And he's one of those athletic quarterbacks who can also utilize his legs as well as his arm uh, to pick up fantasy points and, and, and beat defenses. Mm-hmm. So, again, going back to what we were originally talking about, just as far as the overall look at this offense, especially with Tyrod, I think that for the fact that Anthony Lynn knows the type of quarterback that he is going back to the time of him coaching him in Buffalo, I think he's going to shorten this field. And, again, when you're in a division with the Kansas City Chiefs, really the best way to – defeat Mahomes is to not have him on the field. So you want to have these long sustaining drives and ultimately you want to end those with six points in the end zone. But for Tyrod, he does really have the best cachet of weapons that he's ever had in his career thus far in the NFL. You have a three-headed monster potentially in your running back core. You have, when he's healthy, a top a top five tight end in this league, a Keenan Allen, a Mike Williams when he comes back, two rookie wide receivers, and of course, a much better offensive line for the Chargers than they were in 2019 as well. So I think that from, I think that the Chargers are going to be conservative when they need to be, but don't be surprised because Tyrod Taylor does have an arm. And we saw this back in the Buffalo days of when he was throwing down field to Sammy Watkins, when it opens up, he's going to, he's going to be able to make those type of throws. So Mike Williams will be able to cash in when those opportunities arise, especially in single coverage and those 50, 50 balls go up in the air. But uh, I, I think from, from a fantasy standpoint, you're not going to see anything that's, that's blowing the doors off, uh, you know, from, from what you would compare to, you know, uh, 
starters that you could find on the waiver wire. You know, with Tyrod, it's really going to depend on the matchup. If you're looking to to go pick him up and have him be your starter, if it's if it's a juicy matchup, I would say absolutely because this Chargers offense has has the potential to be explosive and efficient. But it really just depends on the defensive matchup that they're going to be, and you're going to really have to just pay attention to how Anthony Lynn is controlling the pace of the game and what he wants Tyrod Taylor to do. All righty, man. Yeah, yeah. My question for you though is about the. The other quarterback, Justin Herbert, do you feel like he'll get the starting job at some point this year? And if so, will he put up numbers? There is only two scenarios in which I see Justin Justin Herbert staying the field this year. Either knock on wood, there is an injury to Tyrod Taylor and the Chargers are forced to put Justin Herbert in, or the Chargers are either making have have secured their spot for the playoffs this year and maybe they want to give Justin Herbert a few looks in the last the last game maybe the last two games of the season if that uh or if they're out of playoff contention and they want to get some looks with what Justin Herbert can bring to the table since they invested such a high round pick on him this year other than that the best thing for Justin Herbert this year I think is to ride the bench learn he ha- he has a spectacular arm and has been showing that off as he has displayed many times on hard knocks this far. But he's also been adamant to the fact that he has been failing at times. And But in failing, he's learning. He'll have a good day in practice, and he may have a bad day in practice, but whichever one, he's going to come back better the next day. So from a rookie standpoint, and especially from the offense that he came in, uh, came in from, from Oregon, the best thing for him long-term and being the franchise quarterback of this team for the future is to sit and to learn. Um, But other than those three scenarios, I do not see Justin Herbert taking a snap for this team. Jake Hefner. You can follow him up on Twitter at Jake T Hefner. No relation to Hugh. I don't think. No, no, that, that was the long, that was a long rumor going (laughs) back to third grade. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure I was going to say, I'm sure I'm not the first to have made that comparison. Yeah. (laughs) You can find him on the co-host of the chargers brawl podcast. Before I let you roll, tell us a little bit about the podcast and uh, when do you guys release episodes? Where can people find it? All that good stuff. Yeah, so normally it's a, it's a once or twice a week episode that we release on a weekly basis uh, for the Chargers Brawl. Uh, through the Brawl Network, it's been launched since last February. It's been fantastic. It's growing. Not only the Chargers Brawl, but all 32 teams are represented uh, from this site. And um, not only are the podcasts growing, but the written content that's coming from the site as well and how we are just really just avid people that are fans first and foremost, but are always avid with connecting with our listeners and being interactive and just talking football. There's nothing better than that. So that's what we're all about. And we love doing that on a weekend and week out. And we love having the opportunity to talk to you, uh, Jake. It's been, it's been good catching up. It's been a little while. Let's uh, not wait this long now to uh, next time and to, to have you back on. And that's on me. I agree, Greg. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on Spencer. Great talking with you as well. And we'll talk to you guys soon. Great yes, job, indeed. Jake. There he goes. Jake Hefner here on The Word with G in the Fantasy Football Lounge with Greg Laundard and Spencer Urquitt. All right, man. Well, that-